As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Spin Rate, the Athletics Toronto Blue Jays podcast. My name is Drew Fairservice. We're here talking about your Toronto Blue Jays in the thick of the wild card race. Can't do this on my own. I do this show twice a week. Once I do it with Caitlin McGrath. Second time in the week, me, former Blue Jays All-Star, who joins me today from beautiful downtown California, Ricky Romero. Ricky, how are you? I'm doing great, man. Ready to get this show started. September 1st already, Drew. Holy smokes. Here we are. September 1st, the dog days are over. It's into the meat of the season. Now the Jays are in the thick of it, as we said. Make sure you subscribe to the show as you can find out here, down the stretch run. Get it from us twice a week. And make sure you subscribe to The Athletic at theathletic.com slash spinrate. Let them know we sent you. Get everything Caitlin writes about the Jays. And on we go. Blue Jays bounce back after being swept by the Angels to take two of three from the Cubs. Now looking ahead to a weekend series in beautiful Pittsburgh, a beautiful PNC Park. Games they got to win. Such is the, the state of the the game these days, and when there are when there's so many teams in the wild card chase, that it feels like you have to win every night. And if you don't, you know you're falling behind. Even though they take two or three from the Cubs, coming back in dramatic fashion twice to do so, still they lose one game, and it feels like a real setback. It's not a fair way to think, but here we are. Yeah, I think everyone's still in shock about what happened this past weekend with the Angels. But the Angels have been playing pretty good baseball. They just beat the Yankees two out of three here in Anaheim. And I know the Yankees haven't been going well and all that stuff, but it's just the way baseball is, Drew. Sometimes we put so much emphasis on like, oh, yeah, like they should beat them. They should beat them. But anybody can be beaten on any given day in the game of baseball. It doesn't matter if you're the worst team, the best team. Like, it's just it don't matter. Once you go out there and you play the game, some of these teams that are not playing for anything, they want to beat you. They want to be those teams that kind of spoil your season and, and do that type of stuff. But yeah, they, they take two or three from the Cubs and everyone's like, well, why didn't we get a sweep? How come this didn't happen? How come like we should have swept that team? Well, it just doesn't work like that. And obviously, like you mentioned, two comeback wins. The first one was a little scary, though. I was like, man, like they just got shut out by the Angels back to back games and they scored what, like two or three runs the whole weekend. And then they play the Cubs and then the first like first six innings, they're like shut out. And you're just like, oh, no, here we go again. But luckily, the 
the great Danny Jansen came through and he was a hero that night. And I'm sure people are saying again about the Pittsburgh Pirates. Oh, yeah, they, they should beat the Pirates three games. But again, it just the game of baseball doesn't work like that. And it never will. It's so important, I think, that it doesn't it doesn't translate to the other sports in this one way. And I, you've probably if you've listened to this show and versions of it over the years, it's a turn based game everybody in the lineup has to take a turn. It's not like basketball where you can give LeBron the ball every single trip. It's not like football where the quarterback has the ball in his hands on every offensive play and he can target the best, you know, the Randy Moss or who I'm aging myself, but like the a dominant player, every trip, every series, you can throw the ball to Gronk or whoever it is. You could, but, and, but those skill players have the ball in their hands every single time. The Blue Jays, it doesn't work like that. You can rearrange the batting order as much as you want but you're still going to have, uh, you know, Ramel Tapia come up to the plate in a, in a clutch situation late game because he's, you know, pinch hitting for Whit Merrifield. You still got these guys coming up in these situations. You can't control it. And the same thing with the starting pitching. You know, sometimes you've got to go through the tough part of, the, of, of a rotation. Sometimes you get a fifth starter. Sometimes you get a bullpen day. But that doesn't gain, guarantee anything. Guys can come in and pitch well. They can get outs. It's, it's the nature of the game. And, uh, you know, the Blue Jays, there's a lot probably to take away from that. Again, good to see them hitting the ball over the fence. Number one, that's the biggest takeaway from me is like hit the ball over the fence and everybody is in a in a better place. Lots of home runs. You know, Dan Jansen hit a home run. Alejandro Kirk hit a home run. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. hit a home run. We've talked so much about the offense. There are guys that are scuffling and guys that are that are not going as well. But like Biggio hit his first home run in a few weeks. Kirk hit his first home run in almost in more than a month. Like it's a huge part of their offense, a huge part of every team's offense. And when those home runs dry up, makes it hard to win. I hit the home, hit home runs this week. They hit home runs in big spots on top of that. And uh, and and they were able to pick up a couple wins. It doesn't matter who's on the other side of the of the field. You can have the best center fielder in the world. If he's watching it land in the seats, he's not going to catch it. So, <laughs> Yeah, and, that, and that's just the way it is. And you mentioned the home runs and Alejandro Kirk, obviously, last night. It was good to see that again because it, it almost felt like it had been a long, long time. And Obviously, it's been a month, but sometimes hitters go through these droughts, too, and they kind of have to be, continue to make adjustments. They ain't pitching Alejandro Kirk the same way they were pitching him the first half. It's completely different, and he ha he's had to make adjustments, and he's a big part. We talk about Springer a lot at the top of the lineup and being the catalyst to that lineup. Vladdy, obviously, is going to do his thing, but when Alejandro Kirk was going well, this lineup was going really, really good, and it almost seemed like he, he kind of shut down a little bit, but... If he picks it back up, it's a good sign for this for this Blue Jay team. And obviously, the pitching has been the pitching. Um, Barrios game one versus the Cubs. It almost seems like he was killed to death by uh by uh, those little soft singles, and then you know, and then and then next thing you know, he's down for nothing and, and stuff like that. But overall, I mean, it's one of those outings where hey, keep on moving. Like the train doesn't stop there for him. And obviously, Gosman was Gosman, and he's been nasty, man. I mean. One of the things I, I, I like watching about him, Drew, is is the way he sets up that splitter. He pitches so good up in the zone. And to a hitter, when you're watching 95, 96, 97 up in the zone, and then he throws that nasty splitter, it's just like that's almost unfair. And he's been able to use that to his advantage. And not only does he throw that splitter, but then he finishes you off sometimes with that fastball up in the zone and hitters have no chance. They took some ugly swings off of him and these are the guys that are they're going to rely on. I mean, when 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 you mentioned Gosman, when you mentioned Barrios, when you mentioned Manoa, for me, uh, last night, I think they're going to need a little bit more out of Mitch White. They can't keep going down 
early in the game, four or five, nothing, and then expect the offense to just pick it up, expect the, the bullpen to pick it up. They're going to, I know it's the fifth starter, but hey, you're a fifth starter in the big leagues. Like, I don't care what number starter you are. Your, your, your job is to, to get into the fifth, sixth inning. Um, he's had a few outings now where, where he should be comfortable enough. But um, I, I feel like a, from the number five guy going forward, because these games mean a lot, man. They, you just can't keep saying, oh, yeah, he's a fifth starter. Like, you know, we're going to get uh, what we can out of him. We said that earlier, but now you're you're in a routine. You know you're going to be the starter. They need wins out of that fifth spot, and he has to be a bit better. Is there anything that you've seen uh, from him that has kind of, like, caught your eye, or is it just, like, maybe just not executing as well as he was? I mean, the game, the game against uh, the Angels, I, I feel like he deserved a lot better than he got. That was the day with a lot of you know, really bad defensive miscues from the Blue Jays. But yesterday just didn't seem particularly sharp and kind of got hit around a little bit and a little bit but uh, wary. The thing is that the stuff is there. When you watch his stuff, you're like, man, like this guy has 95, 96. I mean, that's to me is still power stuff. Obviously, it's not 100, 99, 100, what everyone's in love with. But his off-speed stuff is is uh, is uh is pretty good. And I think it's more just the sequencing and learning how to pitch. And obviously, he's still pretty young, man. I mean, even though he came from the Dodgers system and he's been around all those great pitchers and stuff like that, he still never really got a chance there. I think this is his time to kind of figure out who he is as a pitcher and how he wants to attack hitters, how he's going to read swings, how he's going to you know, need Kirk or Jansen catching so that he feels comfortable back there and, 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 and setting up a game plan and stuff like that. I mean, there's there's a lot of stuff that goes on on that mound when you're pitching and, and and learning, okay, he looked bad on that swing, but is he setting me up for the next pitch or do, do I double up or do I triple up? And sometimes I think, especially nowadays, we see guys not double up or triple up. It's like, they want to go to the next pitch right away. And it's like, that's where they get beat. And I think it's part of him figuring out who he is as a starting pitcher. But I just think right now <laughs> wins are at a premium and then they, they got, they, they have to get something out of the fifth spot. They can't just keep saying like, okay, he's the fifth starter. We, we, we're going to get what we can get. They're in the middle of a playoff race and every win is important starting, you know, this month, like every single win. I mean, the Baltimore Orioles don't seem to lose very much and they just keep on rolling, rolling. They're just on the three wildcard teams heels. And you just don't want that to kind of get closer and closer, even though it already is, but they just need to win ballgames right now. You need to win ball games. There's no, um, there's no other way to to say that's any more, any better than that, any more succinct. It's it's right there. They need to win ball games. They're two up on Baltimore, and three up on um, Minnesota, who are kind of maybe oh, they've been five and five in their last ten. Uh, the White Sox obviously are kind of falling off the mark. They're below five hundred, and so are the Red Sox. Of course, the Jays sit now right now a game and a half behind Seattle, two games behind Tampa Bay, while you and I speak here today. The Yankees just uh, five and a half up on Tampa Bay. Wow. Not over yet. Not over yet. We talk about the game of baseball and the way it is. And everyone not long ago was saying the Yankees were going to be one of the greatest teams ever. And they were going to win. I don't know how many games and this and that. They had a chance at breaking the record and look at them right now. And obviously injuries have a lot to do with it and stuff like that. So you just when people start talking, you know, at the halfway point and and. And saying, oh, yeah, this team's going to do this. This team's going to do that. Like, we've never seen anything like it. It's like 
you got to wait till the end, man. Till the last 160 second game is done. And then you kind of see what happens there and, and you kind of measure it. Drew, let me ask you a question. Let's say the playoffs started and you were facing the Yankees. You got to feel good if you're a team, even though they're probably going to have that first round buy, but you got kind of have to feel good if you had to face them right now, right? Any team? With them being kind of beat up? Absolutely. Yes. You know, without Nestor Cortez, they're not the same team. Without uh, with Jameson Tyone really kind of having a bit of a rough kind of go here in the second half, not the same team. At the same time, like, do you really want to mess with Garrett Cole that bad? I think that people are kind of underrating Garrett Cole because they're so eager to like beat up on him and he gets paid so much and he's, you know, so <laughs> care, capable. So it's like Garrett Cole's a bum, Garrett Cole's bad, but he's not. He's really good still. And I mean, he gave up three runs last night. I think he only gave up like six hits or something crazy, you know, or a handful of hits. The one, you know, obviously the big blow, the home run to Otani, which was a terrible pitch, right? And that seems like that's the kind of thing that's damning Garrett Cole this year. And then the same with Frankie Montas, right? Like, are you are you ready to, to go into a series and be like, feel confident in starting two games against those two guys? I don't know. The offense is, you know, obviously you got Judge at the top, but then, Maybe the, the bottom of the order is pretty rough. You know, Josh Donaldson's not what he used to be. IKF is not good. You know, they're catching behind the plate. Jose Torino has come back to earth a little bit. Do they miss Joey Gallo? I know that I do. <laughs> no, but it, it's one of those things where, like, this is where you want to finish hot. But like the last two two weeks of the season, the got the teams that get hot and they kind of get it rolling into the into the playoffs are the ones that usually you see make a run for it. But uh like we mentioned earlier, it's one of those things where this is, I feel like, the best month of baseball, aside from, obviously, October baseball in the playoffs. It's like, we're going to be sitting here 161st, 162nd game, and you're going to be like, man, this game matters a lot. Let's see what happens. And and it always seems to be like that in a baseball season, and, and that's why I'm excited for this month. And like you mentioned, the Jays have the the Pirates, and that should be a good series. And then their, their schedule is going to get a little bit back to – you know, obviously, they. I think they, I believe they face the the Orioles after that. Yeah, Baltimore's Baltimore in Baltimore. They're gonna face them four times out there. That's that's gonna be crazy, man. That's gonna determine a lot. <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely. That, like that's a huge series, and then they obviously still have quite a few games left against the Rays, which is always scary. I mean, the Rays are not what they were last year. They won 100 games last year, but they're still good. <laughs> they have five games against Tampa in one series. And the doubleheader, right? Yeah, they have a doubleheader. 12, the, the 12, 13, 14, and 15. And then the 13, it's a doubleheader. So five games, dude. That can be crucial too, man. Like the, the, these next two and a half weeks for the Toronto Blue Jays are going to be very, very crucial. And this is where they have to play uh, their best baseball rouse. They're going to be on the outside looking in if they don't, if they don't, uh, if they don't win some ball games here coming up. In a lot of ways, they are playing some pretty good baseball, though. Obviously, the weekend series is a setback, but it's always important to zoom out. So, you know, they won the series against Boston, won the series against the Yankees, got swept by the Angels, won the series against Chicago. If they win the series against Pittsburgh, like, that's not a bad place to be. But at the same time, that pressure is there. The pressure is there to win every single night. You know, there are no kind of um, uh, consolation prizes for doing your best. And then they go on the road to play against Texas. Texas is a team that can score a lot of runs. They got a lot of good offensive players. And then it begins, you know, that, like you said, five, they have the four games in three days against the Orioles. And they got five games in four days against the Rays. And then another three against the Orioles. Then the Phillies, again, no joke. 
Rays, and then finally the Yankees before the finishing the season against the Red Sox. Like it's going to come right down <laughs> to it. But the Jays are playing well. That bull. I don't think we can say enough about the bullpen and what's, what's going on in the bullpen right now. Guys stepping up. Guys pitching when they're tired. Thankfully, I'm sure for all of them, they got a day off today. Got a couple more days off here in September. Day off, uh, you know, uh, next week, um, and then uh, and then obviously a busy schedule before having they have two two more days off in the in the last two weeks of, uh, of September. But getting those guys rest, they don't have all the those roster spots that they can add anymore. So it's got it's really it's really important to be really smart in how they manage that bullpen. And it gets back to your point about Mitch White as an example. Like they need a bit more length out of him. They need a, a couple more innings. They need a couple more outs to take that pressure off. It'd be great to see the Blue Jays kind of get out, run out to a lead as opposed to having to pitch in all these tight games. Go go blow some people out. Let's get Whit Merrifield some more reps. You know, let's get let's get some more <laughs> position player pitching. And going back to Mitch White, I do tip my hat off, even though he's gotten hit around the past few games and stuff like that, he still kind of manages his way through some innings and, and it could easily go sideways and he could only go two, three innings. And now you're really in trouble with that bullpen coming in so early, but they actually, he actually kind of makes up for it sometimes. But like you said, they need a little bit more length. Get us to get us to the six inning Mitch and, and, and then we'll figure it out from there. And obviously you mentioned the bullpen, Jimmy Garcia, man. I mean, Holy smokes. Let's, let's give him some love and what he's been able to do. And obviously Jordan Romano has just been lights out and and the way he's pitching right now, he's pitching with so much confidence. He's throwing that 99, 100 mile power fastball working with that slider. But Jimmy, to me, man, holy smokes, it almost seems like he's settled into that uh, setup role and what they've asked him to do. Um, I think he came in and, and got out of a big jam, maybe the first game against the Cubs or maybe went two innings. Just watching him and, and, and the way he's he's approaching his role in the bullpen just makes them that much more valuable. And yeah, two innings out of Jimmy Garcia, two innings, one hit, one walk, one strikeout on Monday. And and just watching him work, man, he it's fun to watch him right now and what he's been able to do. Even Trevor Richards, man, like, you know, a guy who's been used in like a mop-up role. And then, and then next thing you know, he's kind of in these high leverage roles. And he's a guy who was, I think, much maligned, was off to a bit of a rough, a rough start this season. But in the, like, he's been really good, it feels like to me lately but that, and that's what it takes right it takes all it takes everybody it's going to take all whatever 13 14 relievers they've got out there i mean uh, trevor richards july he had a 253 era in august he had a 146 era uh, trevor richards we're talking about again not not the most high leverage stuff but just like doing the job didn't give up a single home run in august even though he pitched 12 times like that's huge that's huge for, for him especially a guy who gives up who's known to give up home runs he throws that change up it's always going to be sort of a threat that that changeup's going to get hit. So Trevor Richards, you know, stepping up again, again, a guy you're not necessarily going to rely on. He's not going to be the highest leverage guy, but when you can move those guys around, David Phelps, can't say enough about obviously the job that he's done as well. Anthony Bass, just uh, it's, it takes the whole bunch. And then Jordan Romano, like what a maniac, just an absolute crazy person, just take pitching so much recently. You know, they, they, I think they've done a good job of of getting him a, a decent amount of rest at different times. During the season, but now that like when the when the pressure's on or when the, when the games are are really really getting that much more important, he is not afraid to like go back to back days. He's not afraid to throw two out of three days. He went back to back, and then he had a couple of days off, and then he went back to back again. Went two innings in Boston, as we remember. Then went you know an inning and a third against Chicago the other night after going uh, pitching a clean inning. Just a, a a really great effort from the whole staff, and and exactly what they need. And you know we've we've seen them kind of go through you know the starting rotation 
other than Mitch White having a couple stumbles, again, the one in, in against the Angels that I'm willing to cut him some slack on and then having a great start this week. But the other four guys, you know, Jose Barrios, he got hit around a little bit, but it, he still pitched into the sixth. He still was getting, you know, was, was managing that contact and keeping the ball in the ballpark, which is a big, a big, a big, well, big thing for everybody. You know, we, we keep coming back to that and we will keep coming back to that. In the game in 2022, you got to keep it in the ballpark. And if you're the off on offense, you got to do the opposite. You got to try to go yard. You got to hit the ball over the fence. It's, you know, the Blue Jays are, are that, that's been the thing that's been missing. So, great job by the bullpen great job by uh by the rotation and stuff they're going to need to continue to count on throughout here in september when those days when they're when they're playing those double headers when they're facing all these tough games against good teams that you know you can't go in and think you're going to blow anybody out you know those blowouts help it, it, it helps to take the pressure off it helps to get some guys some extra rest or get some guys some extra time off their feet can't really think you're going to go in there and do any of that against some of these teams against the rays against the orioles uh, the Yankees, the Phillies, whoever it is, they're going to be in tough, but I don't know. what. So what do you feel? How do you feel about the, the team here in, in September 1st? I like where the bullpen's at. The starting staff has been solid. Obviously, again, Mitch White's still trying to find his way into who he is as a starter. And then the defense, Drew. Holy smokes. Matt Chappie, again, he just continues to be unbelievable on the heart corner. I feel like Bo, obviously, they... <laughs> I feel like... Dude, he makes a little error or something, and all of Twitter goes crazy right away for Bo. And it, it almost seems like sometimes when you as a fan have such a high expectations for a kid and he's not living up to those expectations, you, you just can't wait to blow him up. And it's and, and, and again, I mean, he's made some solid plays too. everyone. You know, sometimes those balls in the hole or, or when he's throwing on the run, like may not be as accurate or anything like that. But sometimes most of the time he's he's pretty damn accurate. And I saw a clip a couple of days ago of him and Chappie out doing work and and, and Chappie was explaining some stuff. I think that to me is the valuable stuff of having a guy like Matt Chapman. Yeah, you see everything on the field, but it's what goes on behind closed doors, behind the scenes, the dirty work. And I'm glad they captured that because it almost seemed like Bo was asking questions and and and, and Chappie was was answering them. And that to me Again, goes a long way when you're able to have a guy like that, a guy who who's won three gold gloves. It's just valuable. And and Bo, trust me, he's gonna he's gonna get better out of this. And he he's already gotten better. And again, sometimes the throws are not where we want him to be, but he's still a huge asset to to that shortstop position. And and sometimes we just need to take a step back and and realize, you know what, like he's he's still pretty pretty damn good. And and obviously we have really high expectations, but sometimes it just doesn't work out like that. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
If you're as obsessed with basketball as I am, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Hey guys, this is JJ Reddick. Twice a week, I'm cooking up something special for basketball junkies on my podcast, The Old Man and the Three. I bring on guests in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, like Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, or Paulo Bencaro on his shooting workouts with Kevin Durant, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron when they were teammates in Miami. But it's not just about the player interviews. Every Monday, I break down the top three things happening around the NBA without the outlandish takes. Often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler, we dive deep into topics like rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? The Old Man of the Three is the only companion podcast you'll need during the playoffs this year. Be sure to listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. It's a hard job when you play shortstop. Like that's why it's it's such a premium defensive position because the ball finds you, and those are all tough plays. You got so much space you got to cover. You have so much responsibility as a shortstop, and I think that you know playing with Matt Chapman can only help. I think if you look at the numbers in a lot of ways, he's he's been for all intents and purposes. Bo Bichette, I'm speaking of, he's been the guy who that he is. Right? He he's 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 working and, he, and he's going to get better, but we haven't necessarily seen that show up yet. But it's that thing where. You don't realize what you've got until you start to try to upgrade it, for example. And I think you and I talked about this a little bit, like Bobichet's having a bit of a down year at the plate. He's just hovering right around league average. Um, and, you know, his defense is, is a little bit below. But, like, what would it look like if Santiago Espinal was the every, everyday shortstop? You know, Espinal's seen what it's like when you're out there every day, what, how, how you get attacked and how your numbers can suffer when you are getting attacked differently by pitchers when they're game planning for you, when they know you're, you're going to be in the lineup every single day it really has a, has a, has a downward, you know, puts that downward pressure on your, uh, on your offense. And, and again, it's, uh, you know, from, from the offensive perspective and the, the durability, right. Boba Shet's played 127 games this year. Like that's, that's huge. So you've got a guy who plays every single day. You've got a guy whose floor is higher than league average. And you've got a guy who's, who just is going out there and he's grinding in the field. And yeah, I think that, I think that it's, it's easy to, to pounce on him. I think that happens a lot on social. Like you said, it is a high pressure job, right? To be, to be the shortstop on a good team. That's why it's, it's tough. And, and the most important thing I think to think about or the other way to think about it is it's not going to change, right? They're not going to change the shortstop between now and October the 1st or October the 3rd. Bobichette's the guy who's in that role. Bobichette's the guy who happily puts his hand up and, and is in that lineup every day. And, Maybe they can move him around on the order. Maybe they can, you know, they can continue to move, you know, to shift and help him to become the best version of of a, of a player that he is. He definitely gets a lot too much negativity. Also, by the way, so changing talking about defense, I don't know if you saw Baseball America released their kind of GM polls or their polls from the scouts and stuff like that. So Matt Chapman was named the best defensive third baseman in the American League. Did you see who won the award at first base? Vladdy. Vladdy. Wow. Named. So this is this is you obviously you know Baseball America well. They do this every year, and Vlad was named the best defender at first base in the American League. He's come so far. Had a couple, you know, had a couple bad 
games, you know, last week, but like that doesn't change the work that he's done. That doesn't change the impact that he's making, you know, at first base, learning in real time, getting better, you know, playing, you know, aggressively as he does, you know, he really is out there trying to scoop balls. He's staking the, doing the splits. He's doing everything that he's got to do. So it's uh, to your point, that defense is not the part of the team that you're necessarily going to point to as like the thing that's going to, could be their downfall. It's improved so much over from last year to this year. Vladdy, I mean, unbelievable what he's been able to do at first base and the adjustment that he had to make, obviously coming from the hot corner and then making a position change and, and the way he adapted, it was so quick. And it almost seems like now once a game, you see him doing the splits and he loves, I feel like he loves doing that when, when he stretches out and stuff like oh, yeah. that. <laughs> Credit to him too. And what, and the work that he's put in. And, and I know Louis Rivera is always working with those guys and on how to get better and, and stuff like that. And, and it's very important. I mean, defense, it ain't no cliche or anything like that. Defense does win you championships. And, and how many times have we seen it in the playoffs where sometimes a defensive uh, mishap happens and next thing you know, you, it, co- it can cost you the game. It can cost you the World Series. It can cost you a playoff, you know, series, whatever it is. So the Jays have to be feeling pretty good about their defense and the way they're going out. Obviously, George Springer's playing banked up and he's still diving all over the place and and doing what he can. So you, you tip your hat off to that and like I said, I'm I'm excited going forward. Um, I feel like Bo to me is gonna be my my guy that clicks this month, and he's gonna be the guy that I've heard nothing but great things about his work ethic and the leadership role that he prides himself in. And you might not see a lot of emotion, but lately I've seen some emotion out of him in big situations, in big plays. Obviously, we see Vladdy, you know, fist pump every time after a big out or after you get out of a big situation. But if you ever see in the background, it, Bo Bichette's pumping his fist too. And that's something you hardly ever see. And, and I think he he senses it. I mean, obviously, he's a winner. He wants to win. Yeah, man. I mean, this this month is exciting. They're, they're playing against some really, really good teams and obviously in division and I want them to kick the shit out of the Oreos, man. Like I just do. <laughs> <laughs> they need Everything. it. They need it real bad. It'll realign. The universe feels a little bit out of order, right? <laughs> Everything used to be better when the Oreos stunk, and all of a sudden now it's like, God, Lee, go away, guys! And and they keep calling up these young prospects and this Gunner Henderson and it. hit a home run in his big league debut. Yeah, like against not a slouch of a pitcher in Tristan McKenzie, and and just like. It almost seems like they're feeling it, man. They got this young talent. They got the number one farm team in Major League Baseball. And it almost seems like now they're like, you know what? Let's showcase our, our guys. And 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 it's fun. And it's fun for the city. The, the, the city of Baltimore should be really, really excited. And it just makes for that much better baseball. And 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 to me, it's it's exciting when when you get to face that team and you're like, okay, let's go. You're the team chasing us. We this this is it. This is the time we got to come out and play great baseball. But obviously that's looking ahead right now, though. They got the Pittsburgh Pirates who are a young team, too. They play with some a little bit of swag. O'Neal Cruz obviously is a well-known guy and he hits tanks. It should be fun, man. 122 miles an hour off, off the fence in left field the other day. One of the hardest hit balls of all time. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Just like the Orioles, just like, you know, the Blue Jays can't, look past anybody they can't be looking down the road they can only go out and be like what, what's it going to take to win tonight and they got to think about that when they're facing pittsburgh when they're in pittsburgh when they'll probably have a ton of supporting fans there there'll probably be a lot of blue jays fans in pittsburgh beautiful bar ballpark that's not even that far and if you're listening to this there's still time get a ticket man go down it is the nicest park you'll ever see and 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 cheer on the blue jays but uh just like when they're playing the orioles they know the orioles aren't what they used to be they don't they know the orioles have a lot of a lot of great talent. Uh, Adley Rutschman has like been one of the best players in baseball since he got called up, which is crazy. They know they can win. The Blue Jays, there's 
Those guys can compete toe to toe with anybody, not just in uh, any any given Sunday kind of a mentality. They got as much talent as anybody. And one thing I want to ask you about: we haven't talked about this guy a lot on the show. I have, I'm known for my notoriously bad opinions about Kevin Biggio, but he you know looked a little bit better than the month of August. He's still you know he's not an everyday player, but kind of plugs in here and there. What a boost it could be to have the best version of Kevin Biggio show up in September 2022. He's been through a rough, a rough, some really rough stretches. There are times where at the plate he looks lost, and yeah, he walks, but he's not a guy who who lights up the Statcast page. But he does a lot of things well, and he could really be a difference maker, I think, for the Blue Jays if the stars align. If he's healthy, which is a big concern with him as well, he's a guy that can make a huge difference for the Blue Jays, I think, in September. Yeah, no, you're right, and he's a guy that's had his fair share of troubles, but I feel like anytime he's in that lineup, he's giving you all he's got. And obviously, we talked about Espinal earlier and him struggling a bit at the plate. Bichot is going to get his opportunities, especially because he's left-handed. It, it gives John Schneider an option to slot him in that lineup, especially against a right-handed uh, pitcher and stuff like that. So Kevin can obviously, if, if he gets playing time, he he's a guy that that can be a huge asset to this team. And, and obviously, it's the little things that I admire from him, the little things that he does so well. And he goes out there and and, and it's not like, you're getting a, okay, he, he's an easy out. No, he's going to give you a great at bat. He's going to go out there. He's going to make the pitcher work. And every once in a while, he's going to run into a ball. And it's crazy because when you watch the home runs that he hit, I mean, there haven't been many. It's only four of them this season, but they're like hit really, really well. It's not like they barely go out. These are pretty well hit home runs. And, and that's the one thing about Kevin. He, he's got sneaky pop, but yeah, you hope that, uh, Going forward, I mean, again, you wish that Espinal could have kept what he did the first half all through the season, but it, it didn't work out like that. And right now he's turned into a bit of a platoon guy and they're going to need both guys. But obviously, Kevin being left handed hitter it gives John Schneider a huge option. And and I hope that uh, he continues to get those opportunities. I heard them on the on the radio broadcast last night. Ben Wagner was talking about how much they value the flexibility. You saw them really moving guys around yesterday, you know, in the loss to the Cubs on uh, on Wednesday, where, uh, you know, Lourdes Gurriel ends up playing first when Vladdy's DHing for the day. So Gurriel moves over to first and then they got Tapia and then they get, are able to move Biggio around when they when they pinch hit for uh, for Whit Merrifield, whatever. That flexibility is nice, but it's good when you have good players to put in there. It's oh, it's great. This guy can play all, all over the diamond. He sucks at all of them and he can't hit. But man, can he ever stand around there and look good wearing that glove? But when you can bring him in and have them be difference makers, that's such a big thing. And Gurriel hasn't been going as well recently. Whit Merrifield's really struggled since he came to the team. And Tapia is in a, in a bit of a, well, in a significant slump as well. So the more or the less that you can either A, rely on those guys, or B, you can put them in the best positions to succeed. A lot of that, to me, starts with with Biggio. When you know you can plug Biggio in, when you know you can say, "Okay, we'll start you in second. We're going to move. You, you might end up moving to right. You are kind of been our backup first baseman, you know, de facto in a lot of ways. If we want to get Vladdy a day off his feet, he can really make it all go. And you'd love to see Merrifield turn it around and be kind of closer to the guy he's been at different parts, even this season, and obviously in the past. Uh, Guriel, when when Guriel is, is going well and slashing that ball to right field, makes a huge difference. But all that stuff. I think it can can really be driven by a good month from Kevin Biggio, which we've seen him do before, right? He has one, he'll, he'll have one month where he's out of his mind and everyone's like, Kevin Biggio's got to play every day. And then he'll kind of, you know, kind of have a, have a bit of a rough go. But if I could ask for one thing right now, well, there would be a lot of things I would go ahead of Kevin Biggio having a great month, but a great month from Kevin Biggio would go a long way. 
putting the Blue Jays into a great position to succeed just because he's just a little bit, a bit of a different look at the plate. I've said it so many times, usually in a way that's like damning with faint praise, but he is such a great base runner and he's so aggressive and heads up out there. And it makes a huge difference to have a guy who's a great base runner when they Blue Jays have a couple guys who aren't so great on the bases. The Blue Jays base running has been a little bit, I don't know. It's hard to say. Poor, poor uh, Bo Bichette, for whatever reason, just keeps getting thrown out trying to steal. He was such a good space stealer. He had such a great record. And now, for whatever reason, just getting thrown out on the bases. But uh, And then our guy, Kirk, who's uh, the less said the better about Alejandro Kirk's base running. But, you know, they got time. If they need to get guys healthy, too, that's the other thing. You know, with Teoscar Hernandez's foot bang, bang, being banged up with Springer's injury, uh, you know, the more if you can plug Biggio into the outfield because you're not afraid to put him in the lineup, it's huge. And the fact that he's able to do that, it's not easy in the big leagues to be able to go to right field, shift to first base, then go to second base and just continue to go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. But to be able to do that at the big league level, I like it. I, I like your your possible outlook on Kevin Bijou and, and, and the month that he can have here in September. Any other things about month September? I know that a lot of teams, uh, I, haven't, I don't know if the Blues have formally announced the September call-ups yet. Have you seen anything yet? Not yet. Nothing yet. We know it's going to be... Bradley Zimmer, which is crazy <laughs> that we're talking about Bradley Zimmer. Julian Merriweather, possibly, right? Merriweather seems pretty likely. I mean, what about Zach Pop? Where's Zach Pop down there kind of suddenly in AAA? You know, obviously didn't strike a lot of guys out, but because he's got an option, so they're kind of leaning on that. Uh, and then the the mystery that is Nate Pearson. What a difference that could make. If, if Nate Pearson can be the guy he's been in those flashes, just huge. Again, the bullpen that's been pitching really well, but is also throwing a lot of innings and getting a lot of big outs and pitching a lot of big pressure situations. It's never fair to expect anything from Nate Pearson just because it's been such a rough go from him, but just to dream on what he's been, what we've seen him do. And even in the, there was a last, he took a break last year. I was looking at his numbers. He was pitching in September. They had him kind of going out every day, had a couple of rough go. Then they sat him down for a few days and he came back and pitched seven, seven times and was on fire. Tons of slider. Tons of fastball. Fastball was averaging 98 and a half. So it's up there in that 9,900. Throwing strikes, striking, struck out 13 guys in seven innings, you know, walked five, but whatever. Just could be a huge shot in the arm. And so it's so, it's so fun to talk about Nate Pearson just because that stuff is just so crazy. It makes it easy to, to dream. The possibility is there, obviously, right? He's working his way back. I think, I believe he was doing live BPs. And once you get over the live BP hump, and you start facing hitters, then you start kind of like thinking, okay, this this possibly can happen. And we've said it, man. I mean, if he comes in out of the bullpen throwing 100-plus with control, he can be a huge, huge asset to the pen. And at this point, obviously, we're not looking for him to be a starter. But if he can come out of the pen and do his thing, I mean, that'd be great. Obviously, that's... <laughs> You're, you're asking for a lot, obviously, but I feel like people are like, oh, here we go with Nate Pearson again, the Nate Pearson type of talk. But hey, man, I mean, if he can come back healthy, we've seen flashes of it. That'd be fun. We talked about the Angel series being a bit of a trap series. I think it was good. They kind of got right. And then they got they came, the, 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 the attitude. Everyone seemed ready to go when the Cubs there was no more, no more overlooking the Cubs. There was a bit of that stress in the air. Had a good series. Also some good vibes. Marcus Stroman back in town. Call me crazy. I don't know what your experiences are. I would like to see Marcus Stroman wearing a Blue Jays uniform at least one more time in his career. He got a bit of a different look. Not a lot of strikeouts. Only struck out one on uh, on Tuesday night. The fans that love him, let's say, love him a lot. And he's just such a such an energetic and uh, polarizing personality. But uh, I think he would be great in a Blue Jays uniform one day. I, I, I've been vocal about this in the past. You know, just a you know, guy who's, who's 
getting into the later parts of his career, but seemed to have a good time when he was here, if nothing else. Well, you better hope that Ross Atkins gets fired because I don't. I, I think as long as Atkins is here, I don't think that's gonna happen. <laughs> we had we had Ross Atkins on the old podcast, and I was like, "You should extend Marcus Stroman." Like, said it to him straight up on on the air. I was like, "You gonna do it?" And he laughed and played it off, but turns out not. Yeah, no. <laughs> I'm sure it was good uh, for him to be to be back in Toronto. Obviously, it's been a while since he was back there, but. Yeah, man. I mean, it's going to be a fun month and I'm really, really looking forward to it. It's just where it's going to make or break this team. We'll see what they're made out of and it should be exciting. Did you ever play in PNC Park? Or did you I didn't. Pitch it? I didn't. No? Never, never. Have you been there? No, never. Really? Oh my God. It's so nice. It's a great, great ballpark. I, again, I will urge anyone if you haven't been down. It's only like not, not five hours from Toronto if you drive. It's a great spot. Great views. Good times. I've been to two games there. Two walk-off home runs I've seen for the Pirates both times. Go and check that out. Get into it. September is here. Air is getting a little cooler, especially in the night. Meaningful baseball in September. That was the that was the thing that was set around here for so long. And this is it, and it's going to be a quite a ride. And again, I think the Blue Jays are are still still obviously they control their own destiny. They're not trying to hoping for anybody else to lose. They can just go out and win games. They can win games and and not even the blink of an eye be in that top wild card spot. You know, maybe even breathing down the Yankees' necks if they go on a little run. And if they can use the, maybe the series as a Pirates, the series against the Cubs as a as a jumping off point to really get healthy, get well, get the offense going, get the, the, the ball going over the fence. And I think we'll see them in a, in a pretty good spot come the end of uh, end of the month. Maybe not, actually. You know, <laughs> in high, the Blue Jays faced the Red Sox at the end of the series, at the end of the season, the last series of the year. Unfortunately, I think it's not in I don't think it's in uh, Fenway. Because, man, the Blue Jays sure love hitting at Fenway Park. <laughs> yeah, they do. I hope it doesn't come down to that. But it might. That's the fun part, whether, whether we like it or not. So with that, let us sign off. Ricky, have yourself. where can everybody hear you on the weekend? Sunday, I'll be on MLB Network Radio with Danny Wexelman. Should be a fun show. We'll be wrapping up the whole week, hopefully talking some good Blue Jay baseball. But make sure you tune in on Sirius Radio. Serious Radio MLB Network. Ricky Romero will be there. We will be back next week. I'm guessing not Monday because it is a long weekend and it's Labor Day. But Caitlin and I will be back in no time. And then Ricky and I will be back again talking about your Toronto Blue Jays on this, the Spin Rate Podcast on The Athletic. We will talk to you next time.